This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Netgear and Mac Weldon. Thank you, Mr. Cook. Mr. Zuckerberg is now recognized for five minutes. Hey, how's it going? We are live from my backyard where I am smoking a brisket and some ribs. So, you know, the thing about, about smoking meat is that it takes a long time and you just end up sitting around for a while. So I figured that it would be pretty fun to smoke a bunch of stuff like, like a brisket. It's actually pretty easy. You, you open up the lid and you put uh, some charcoal at the bottom and then you put some, some wood chips on top if you want to give it a smoky flavor. And, uh, and, and you just kind of go from there. And what, are, what are you guys making for dinner? Brisket and ribs, I hope. Delicious. A sweet baby raised barbecue sauce. That is going on the ribs. You, you know, the thing that really makes it good, and I think half of, half of the joy is that things taste better when you make them yourself. And they taste doubly better when, um, when you hunted the animal yourself. So uh, that, that, I think, you know, whether you're fishing for the salmon or, um, you know, going hunting for, for a boar, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's a, a big... A, a big part of it is you, you feel more connected to, to what you're doing and, and what you're eating and then you cook it yourself and it's it's this um, this whole experience. Come here, buddy. Get up here. Up, you want to say hi? Oop, there he goes. Oop, oh, he's crazy. Oh, yep, crazy beast. So in what has become an annual tradition, some of the biggest names in tech were summoned to Capitol Hill to be grilled by <laughs> Congress. Nice. Though the grilling in the clip you just saw didn't actually occur. That was just a dumb little mashup that I... I made while I was bored watching the hearings. Uh, but the amount of people on Twitter who either accepted it as a real thing that happened or incorrectly referred to it as a deep fake was a bit startling. <laughs> as uh, if he would use yeah. the back, like his backyard with smoking meats yeah. as, as the like, backdrop. this guy just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, wow. like it, th I, I assume when they said deep fake that they meant that you like changed the words he was saying or something like yeah. that instead of the, the backdrop. But like... Mm -hmm. I, I would actually give him points for just fucking having a barbecue while getting grilled by Congress. Yeah, I mean, that would have been pretty cool. Either way, it was a doctored video that went viral, and congratulations, yeah. a million views without having to use Chinese spyware. Yeah, I got more views on that Twitter, viewer, Twitter video than uh, all of our uploads for the last week. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hopefully anyway. that translated to some subscribers, right? But yeah, a lot of people thought it was real, and I, I kind of, uh, I kind of helped that by just when people would be like, "Is this real?" I would reply, "Yes, it is real." The video's right there. Trolling is a art, after yeah. all. I even got this headline in the International Business Times: Fact check. No, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't grilling meat during antitrust hearing. Fantastic. I don't know. I, I just thought everyone knew about that classic smoked meats clip. I guess not. I mean, I show it to everyone I know. Yes, there's it's my favorite video of all time. There's a bunch of videos in like our Swiss Army knife of YouTube videos over the years yeah. that we constantly share. I was talking with uh, Jordan last night because he was talking about your video, and I was like, "Have you seen the Ashton Kutcher tech oh, conference yeah. video?" Like, hey, there's a lot of stuff. That's out there probably my thing. second favorite video of all time. <laughs> so much capacity. Yeah, and then third would be Born Mobile. From, oh uh, yes, like the CES, Qualcomm CS 2014. Yes. Anyways. Uh, and also, yeah, all the people saying it was a deep fake. Not every doctored video is a deep fake. Deep fakes are a specific thing, and they're very scary, but mm -hmm. we are absolutely not at the point yet where you can start putting out deep fake videos of events as they're still unfolding. Put the snap camera on it. Could be. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it takes a while. I mean, this it yeah, took, usually, me, yeah. took me total, like, 20 minutes, and most of that was just going through the original uncut version of the uh, smoked meats video just to find like, snippets part, that I could yeah. use. Uh, yeah, all I did really was replace Mark Square on the video call with his smoked meats video and then uh, rearrange some cutaway shots to 
cover the edits. I mean, it was beautifully edited, yeah. I have to say. But uh, yeah, the resulting clip was definitely more interesting than what actually happened in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, the actual hearing was five and a half hours long, and like every time Congress has these guys testify, it was 90% a big dumb waste of time. Yeah. The purpose of this House Judiciary Committee hearing was to question Tim Cook, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, and Jeff Bezos about whether Apple, Facebook, Alphabet, and Amazon are essentially monopolies. But as you know by now, a lot of people in Congress are very old and they don't really know anything about technology aside from how it affects them directly on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. What is on their phone and what button they now push. That I, literally, now that I got you here, I got some issues with my device. It happens every it's time. It's insane. Also, they constantly miscategorize each app between the people who are running them they, and then people who aren't even there. And Like, these guys, all of these congressmen, they get briefed on this stuff beforehand by their staffers who are younger and some of them i mean a few of them to their credit like knew their shit they knew what questions yeah. to ask they were on top of it but a lot of them it's just like it's like they didn't prepare at all they no, well they, that's they like put no effort it's whatsoever like into it if i handed uh, a, a grandfather a detailed list of how to set the dvr mm -hmm. and switch from google chromecast to yeah i still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i looked yeah. at it but i'm never going to do it yeah so, yeah, most of the Democrats on the committee, to their credit, they stuck with the antitrust angle, at least. Uh, yeah. There was still some just stupid bullshit coming out of them, mm -hmm. too. I mean, there is ample evidence worth discussing with these executives. We all know that. You watch this show. Yeah. But for a few of the Republicans on the committee, this was just yet another opportunity to air the same old grievances about big tech being anti-conservative. Yes, we control almost every branch of government, but I just feel so oppressed. Yeah, also just, like, oh, uh, you say that uh, you're being, you know, centrist, but yet you're trying to tell people not to take medicine that's not prescribed for them. <laughs> tell, me yeah. why, tell me why you think it's a bad idea that people go out and yeah, take medicine like, that wasn't prescribed I, for them. They were all very polite. And they're all fucking monsters, everyone. But, like, they, it, it would have been nice to Jim see... Jim Jordan is not polite. He is... No, I'm talking about the, the executives okay. were polite. Yeah. It would have been nice to see Mark Zuckerberg or any of them be like, look, it's not... It shouldn't be a liberal or conservative thing whether, yeah. like, uh, medical advice is, like... A bad medical advice is an okay thing to share. But here's but, uh, the good thing. All of these uh, people in Congress, they are not going to have Karen moments because they actually got to speak to the manager. Yes, they are all speaking <laughs> And to we the got to see it live. We did. Yeah. Uh, so Representative uh, Greg Stuby of, or Stewie, I don't know. He's from Florida. And I think, I believe he is your, uh, your hometown uh, district Re oh, uh, representative. Great. Let's see what he talked about. Yeah. So uh, he complained directly to Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai that Gmail was putting his campaign emails in his parents' spam folders. <laughs> and this is only happening to Republicans, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Alphabet, one of the most powerful people in tech, then calmly explained to the congressman that uh, Gmail uses a tabbed inbox system and has for many years. That's a way to keep your email like less cluttered. Uh, and, and political emails, they commonly go into the promotions tab. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably what happens. Uh, Greg yeah. Stuby is uh, 42 years old, by the way. So he doesn't have the excuse that a lot of these guys have. Or maybe it got caught in the spam folder the same way I've seen 
things from like moveon.org and spam folder because they'll use all caps yeah, that's in the like the title and like incendiary fucking language in the body. And it's like, yeah, you're setting up spam filters. This, yeah, if you write your uh, campaign emails in a way that's similar to like Viagra spam, yeah. it's going to automatically get categorized as spam because it looks like spam. Yes. Uh, that, that same guy also complained. He's like, he's like, a month ago I Googled Gateway Pundit and I couldn't find it. And then this week I Googled Gateway Pundit and I found it. Did you slip that in there before the hearing? And it's like, you probably just spelled it wrong. Yeah. You fucking lunatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that guy, not old. So... Great. Uh, representative Jim Sensenbrenner, who actually is old, uh, he's a representative of Wisconsin, uh, he asked Mark Zuckerberg why Facebook suspended Donald Trump Jr. for posting a video promoting hydroxychloroquine as a cure for COVID-19. And uh, Zuckerberg had to point out that um, the incident he was describing actually happened on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So that was why a are you moment. asking me about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy, Sensenbrenner, he's 77. It's a bit more understandable. Right. Still, uh, great use of everyone's time, everybody. Now, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You tell me why I saw that Donald Trump Jr. had something censored on this Twitter.com. Well, sir, I work for Facebook. Uh, Common mistake? Yeah. He was very polite. I got to give it to Zuck. He, yeah. he showed uh, the slight semblance of human emotion, yeah, or what all, they call human emotion. All of these guys, they, they understand the thing that Martin Shkreli infamously didn't understand, yeah. which is just like... If you're if you're being questioned by people in the government, just kiss their ass. Yeah, they 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 respond well to it. Yes, that's exactly what they desire. In fact. Yeah, uh, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio nails on a fucking chalkboard. Uh, he, he seriously should not be in Congress due to his direct involvement with the Ohio State University sexual abuse scandal, but whatever. He decided to use his time during this antitrust hearing to whine about supposed anti-conservative bias on tech platforms and ask the tech CEOs what they thought about cancel culture. Great. Uh, after Jordan's time was up, Representative Mary Scanlon of New York tried to get things back on the whole uh, antitrust topic, the reason they were there. Uh, and Jim Jordan, a 56-year-old man, uh, had what was best described as a complete tantrum. Yeah, that was, it was weird. Yeah. It was, and he, <laughs> he, he refused to give up for a good while. Yeah, it, he, it, it was very strange. Excuse me. Excuse me. He had a serious Karen moment in he front of did. everyone. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And again, the man... Indirectly and possibly directly uh, is responsible for uh, young men being molested by uh, uh, a wrestling coach. And even worse than that, he wears his glasses on the tip of his nose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he still hasn't fought uh, Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying he wouldn't win, but he still hasn't done it. Yeah, he might. Uh, so the hearing, it wasn't entirely pointless. Uh, some representatives actually did ask relevant questions, though there were pretty much no relevant answers uh, each company was accused of, in some way, abusing its market position to snuff out competition, stifle innovation, and uh, it, it harm customers as mm-hmm. a result. Uh, for Amazon, questions focused on their conflict of interest as both a marketplace and a seller on that marketplace, along with the accusation that Amazon mines the data of third-party sellers to develop and launch its own competing products that then undercut the third parties. Which they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, one of the representatives that grilled Jeff Bezos the hardest was uh, Pramila Jayapal, who actually represents the district that Amazon's headquartered in. Which so that's cool to see. Yeah. Uh, you you assume a lot of these guys 
they, you know, if, wouldn't if it's ha- rock the boat. Yeah, if it's happening on their home turf, they don't want to rock the boat. But she, she came out swinging. Yeah, uh, Alphabet's antitrust accusations stem from the fact that Google controls a massive chunk of the online ad marketplace, and that they do stuff like scrape content, like restaurant reviews, without actually sending people to those websites. They're accused of having a conflict of interest between Google's goal of sending people to relevant websites and its incentive to sell ads and promote its own services. Uh, they brought up something that we've covered here before, the, the Genius.com uh, case, where Google was caught literally red-handed because yeah. they put red-handed uh, in, in code in the lyrics. Yeah, they, they programmed a bunch of like AI shortcuts where what you're Googling just shows up on the search page mm-hmm. instead of sending you to a website. To give them the traffic and the yeah. ad revenue. yeah. Uh, Facebook was specifically questioned about old emails that the committee obtained, which show Facebook personnel discussing acquiring Instagram to stop it from being a competitive threat. And Instagram founders saying they feared Facebook would go into destroy mode if they didn't sell. Yeah, Uh, which uh, 100% believable. Yes. Uh, Tim Cook, who got by far the fewest amount of questions, was mainly asked about Apple's tight controls on its app store the high commissions that they take uh, from third-party apps, and their practice of listing first-party apps higher in search results. And that one was especially frustrating because they're like, Tim Cook was just like, well, we have a, a, a system in place to protect the consumers from malware, yeah. spamware. Tim Cook, he out of all of them, he had the least reason to really be there. I mean, like, Apple definitely does some shady shit. Oh, but for like, sure, yeah. But the, in terms of, like, antitrust stuff, it's... Uh, less relevant. Yeah, and the questions I think were worded poorly by the people attacking him because it it just came out as being like, well, we don't want our users to brick their phones with an app that was developed to do that or malware that was designed to steal information. Yeah, and like, I think... His answers were the easiest to come up with, Yeah, I mean, like, he was asked about, like, because they do have a a practice of, like, uh, you know, third-party apps will add features to iPhones, and then yeah. in the next version of iOS, they'll just make the Apple version of that built in. But yeah. he's, and, and his response to that, which made sense, he's like, look, we're not making any money off of these features. It's just like, yeah, you know, I mean, it sucks to be those developers, but... Yeah, uh, they should have, hey, now listen, why don't you guys break these phones for us? We had to call John McAfee down here. <laughs> the man's a psychopath. But yeah, crazy. <laughs> pulled a gun on He pulled his dick out. Yeah. Anyways, in response to everything that we just listed off, all of those concerns, uh, the responses were what you would expect. Um, Strong but polite and respectful denial, Mr. Congressman, of all the exact uh, accusations of Mm anti-competitive behavior. Uh, The hearing was uh, mainly noteworthy for just how unusual the whole thing was. You had four of the world's most powerful businessmen beamed onto a giant grid. And uh, one of them allegedly smoking meats during the whole hearing. So disrespectful. Yeah. (laughs) This guy's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, this is definitely not the last tech antitrust hearing we'll be seeing. Um, As committee chairman David Cicilline, who did a great job, actually, as he said in his closing statement, uh, this hearing has made one fact clear to me. These companies, as they exist today, have monopoly power. Some need to be broken up. All need to be properly regulated and held accountable. We need to ensure the antitrust laws first written more than a century ago work in the digital age. Yeah. And I agree with pretty much all of that. Yeah. And we should probably uh, throw a little bit more taxes on them. Yeah, that too. would help a little bit too. Uh, or at least close some loopholes. Some, yeah, some loopholes Let, for d- d- sure. d- No more tax, close loopholes. Well, I mean, the, I, the EU, that, remember that whole thing where like Apple was using yeah. Ireland as a tax shelter? Like the EU dropped the case. They're, they get to still do it. Mm. Um, well, I don't know why exactly. I guess they does just... Does it have anything to do with Brexit or is Ireland not part of that? No, Ireland's its own country. It's, uh, mm. it's part of the EU. But um, I thought it was still split. They're not still fighting? 
Well, I mean, Northern Ireland's part of the United Kingdom. There you go. <laughs> Britain and Northern Ireland. But this was in, in the actual Republic of Ireland. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess their case wasn't airtight enough. So Apple gets to keep just like hiding its money over there mm. and not paying taxes. Well, moving on, uh, the absence of Jack Dorsey at that hearing was pretty conspicuous given how often he's grouped in with those other guys and and also <laughs> and the relevant questions yeah. that they had. Based. Well, that's a question for Jack Dorsey, yeah, who's but, not here. Uh, Twitter, it doesn't really have as, as many antitrust concerns, so it wouldn't have really made sense for them to be at that hearing other than being grilled for stuff that doesn't have anything to do with antitrust. Yeah. On the other hand, though, we may soon see Jack Dorsey beamed onto the grid for non-antitrust reasons, such as Twitter's supposed suppression of conservative voices or for more valid and relevant concerns like their security practices. There was, of course, that huge breach uh, two weeks ago where a bunch of huge accounts were commandeered uh, to post Bitcoin scam bait. And then uh, every verified account on the site was locked for several hours while they fixed the problem. That silenced my voice and I am upset. I'd like to speak I've to Twitter's I've been deplatformed and canceled. Uh, the exact cause of that incident, it still isn't fully known, at least publicly, but it's believed to have involved the use of admin tools that only Twitter employees are supposed to have access to. And now, thanks to a recent article in Bloomberg, we know that even the people who are supposed to have access to those admin tools, they abuse them too. Yeah, so the actual article is behind a paywall, but the biggest secondhand headlines to come out of it involve Beyonce Knowles. Uh, from Engadget's summary of the article, around 1,500 Twitter employees and contractors have oversight of user accounts, which includes the ability to reset them, review breaches, and handle possible content violations. Those people have access to limited user personal data as well, including phone numbers, email addresses, and IP addresses, Bloomberg reports. According to the report, in 2017 and 2018, some contractors made a kind of game out of creating bogus help desk inquiries so they could access the accounts of celebrities, including Beyonce. They allegedly accessed IP addresses to obtain approximate locations for those people, which raises some critical privacy concerns. It's also possible that a bad actor could reset an account password and gain full access to it. Former security employees told Bloomberg that these intrusions happened so often that the company struggled to keep track of them. It caught some contractors and fired them. Others, the former employees said, would create false support tickets and then handle those reports themselves in an attempt to evade detection. Ah. The perfect crime. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's not great at all, especially <laughs> no. given Twitter's track record, which includes previous instances like a disgruntled employee deleting Donald Trump's account and former Twitter employees being found to have been spying for the Saudi government. Oops. Meanwhile, the president himself earlier this week went after Twitter on Twitter, writing, So disgusting to watch Twitter's so-called trending, where so many trends are about me and never a good one. They look for anything they can find, make it as bad as possible and blow it up. Trying to make a trend. Really ridiculous, illegal, and of course, very unfair. Very unfair. So yeah, uh, we wouldn't be surprised to see Jack Dorsey in front of Congress again sometime soon, uh, or called into the principal's office himself. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Twitter's ad revenue in its most recent quarter, not so great. And Jack Dorsey announced an investor call that they might introduce some sort of subscription model, which sounds like it'll probably be similar to YouTube Premium with no ads, less tracking, which at first it sounds ridiculous, but given how many hours of each day, every day that both of us spent on there, I would definitely sign up. If it was like five yeah. or $10 a month, like at this point, I've gotten, I, I've gotten decades worth of free yeah. entertainment out of this app. I use Twitter more than any other online service yeah. by far. Not to I, sound like a piece of shit. Like I'm sure that someone is like, oh, yeah, just hand them their money and, and, and they'll start charging more for everyone. But no, there'll still be like an obvious free portion of Twitter. But like if tools are given that are 
premium. Yeah. Like, hey, you can delete a tweet 10 seconds after you send it if there's a spelling mistake or something, mm-hmm. yeah. anything like that, plus no ads, plus, like, you know, not... Uh, I mean, it's, it's a kind of bloated website, too. It, it yeah. uh, Especially, like, the desktop version. Longer video up to, uploads would oh, be great. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd be down, yeah, especially, I mean, depending on the what it offers, but even just the ability to get rid of, like, tracking and ads yeah. and make the site, like, run smoother and faster, probably worth it. Yeah. I know there's there's definitely people that are not going to agree with that. No, but, uh, of course not, but... Yeah, whatever. Anyways, before we toss things over to Phil, it's time now for this week's sponsor, starting with Sweet Baby Rays. No. No, just kidding. Starting with Netgear. I, I, I can't believe they sponsored this show, so thank you, Netgear. This is great. They're good routers. Is, yeah. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling, and more? What about all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure that it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling, and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out what makes Netgear America's number one choice for Wi-Fi at netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. That is netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. Or click the link in the description. But uh, yeah, this episode is also sponsored by Mack Weldon, a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now, except for me, because I got my Mack Weldons on under these shorts. I got Mack Weldon pants on right now. We are legitimately huge fans of these yeah, products. Uh, they they are the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. The, I don't know if they still have them, but they had face masks as well. Yeah, really good face yeah. masks. They have a, a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, meaning they eliminate odor, which is good to have right now. Things are very hot. Uh, they want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it. They still refund you, no questions asked. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. Whether you're working out, going to work, going on dates, just living your everyday life. And the folks at Mack Weldon have even created their own totally free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life, and once you reach level 2 by spending $200, Mack Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for the next year. Yep, I got that. Uh, I bought some uh, like workout shorts and some more underwear before yeah. summer started, and I didn't even know about this loyalty program, and then I hit the number by ordering that after my previous orders. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, cool, I'm getting a 20% discount and free shipping that I didn't even know I was yeah. planning on getting. Yeah, that's great. I've uh, Ever since this pandemic hit, I've been pretty much exclusively been wearing Mack Weldon pants because they, they're, yeah. they're, they're sweatpants. But not but really. At, at first glance, from a distance, they look like normal pants. What are they you, called? The Sunday, the Sunday drivers? Well, there's the, yeah, there's the <laughs> Sunday lounge pant, yeah. and then I think the ones I'm wearing right now are, are just their sweatpant, but they, they're great. They're extremely comfortable. So, yeah, for 20% off your first order. Mm-hmm. Without time, having to go through the, uh, the, the spending $200 thing, just yeah. through us. 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com slash Newsday and enter promo code Newsday. Again, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Newsday and enter promo code Newsday. All right, Phil, what do you have for us this week? Thank you, Congressman, and, and thank you for your question. We here at Wrapbacks Incorporated value our customers' privacy. We intrinsically leverage our strength in the marketplace to deliver value to customers and enhance their interaction, striving to serve them as best we can. 
we are not exploiting their data in so much as finding paths of synergy with partners while actively creating competition in the marketplace. Horseshit! That's what yesterday's hearing was. And, and I think Rick and Elliot got, got all the details covered, but here's my take. A bunch of guys, we all know our control freak micromanagers of the largest companies on the planet cannot recall, don't know the details about, I'll have to get back to you about, I'll, uh, uh, I don't know what's going, I don't remember that, I think you're misconstruing the facts, Senator, for nearly six hours on repeat. No one said anything of substance, and I truly do not know how that hearing will affect anything moving forward. It was a bust, the whole thing sucked, so I'm gonna talk about something different. Uh, here we go, facial recognition. It's been this kind of boogeyman floating over us for a long time. It's been deployed around the world, but in most places it's not quite like minority report levels of scariness. But in the US, yes, it's ramped up in the past decade and it's confirmed that it was used by the FBI in the recent George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protests. Here's where the paranoid rubber meets the dystopia road and we are driving straight into Phil country. Law enforcement is using facial recognition to identify and track citizens who disagree with the government. That is, that's some real George Orwell shit. But here's the crazy thing. The pandemic may save us from facial recognition. And when I tell you how, a sad trombone probably is gonna play because it's such a common sense reason. Ready? Face masks are screwing up facial recognition software. Oh. Slide whistle. I thought it was gonna be a horn. I thought it'd be like, boom, 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 boom. Like Price is a writer, like, boom, You know, I don't know. I was wrong. The National Institute of Standards and Technology published a report where they tested different mask types and shapes, and they told CNN Business that most of the algorithms tested had failure rates between 20 and 50%. Now, they tested facial recognition algorithms with well-lit photos where the subject is looking directly at a camera. This is relevant if you're searching mugshot database against you know, like crime scenes or stuff like that, or using someone's profile picture from social media to try to find them or you know, cross-reference and stuff, but I doubt these algorithms would be this accurate using footage or images captured in the wild, say, at a protest. We all know facial recognition's not super accurate in real-world scenarios, and it has um, <clears throat> trouble IDing people that aren't white. But you throw a mask on top of that flawed technology, the numbers plummet. Couple a face shield with a mask with like light reflecting and it's kind of moving and shimmering in front. Who is that guy? Computers probably won't be able to identify him. So if you didn't have enough reasons to wear a mask to protect yourself and others from COVID-19, now you can protect yourself from the government scanning your face with the same stupid piece of cloth. There you go, two for one. Now. Hypocrisy time. In June, Republicans introduced a bill that would help erode privacy by weakening encryption. They want to blow up end-to-end -end encryption and help prevent situations like the Apple and FBI fighting over whether the company can or should unlock criminals' phones. The big play here is to install backdoors into encryption. Think of it like this. Encryption scrambles data. So if your phone's encrypted, only you can access it. If a connection is encrypted, the only people who can read the data are the ones sending and receiving it. Seems simple. But if a backdoor were to be installed on an encrypted device or connection, it would allow a third party like 
the FBI to use their magic key to open that back door and look at what is in that encrypted phone or transmission. The problem with back doors is, duh, what's the point of encryption if there's a way of looking at what's encrypted? But also, the key to a back door might fall into the wrong hands or the back door could theoretically be hacked and used in a malicious way. People like me think encryption back doors are bad, but the FBI really seems to like them. Like they love them. Like they really, really like them. Except, oh, what's this? FBI warns US companies about backdoors in Chinese tax software. The FBI warned cyber actors to preposition to conduct remote code execution and exfiltration activities on the victim's network. Jesus fucking Christ, someone got at the source for Christmas. Anyway, thank you FBI for proving my point with your big words and brand new vocabulary. I'm sure gonna get into a great college this fall. So here's the thing. Do you trust the FBI and whoever can hack into a back door to have full access to everything you do? Because I sure don't. Because they seem like the kind of people who can, and you know, would do the same thing that they're accusing China of doing. So here, here, here's a summary. When a foreign government installs malware that's a backdoor, that's bad because they can do bad things with it. But when the American government announces that they want to install a backdoor on phones and software, that's good because they're the good guys. Have you seen the news lately? They don't always seem like good guys. So anyway, I'm done with that. I want to get back to this hearing. This question is directed towards uh, Mr. Dewberry and Mr. Hayberg. Is it true that internet today has a bias against conservative news sources because it appears that your coverage of Jacob Wall has decreased significantly? Is this because you hate truth and are nothing but a bunch of lamestream media soy boys? You know what, you know what? I yield my time. Well, that's a great question, Phil. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and make it sound based on the tone of our voices that uh, we're answering in a thoughtful way, but we're really not gonna answer the question at all. Thank you, we yield our time. <laughs> Anyways, back to the news now. Let's check in on that old COVID-19 situation. Oh, good. Yep, cases in the U.S. seem to be holding steady at around 65,000 per day, which is not great. And despite public health experts calling for a second lockdown to contain the virus, that's not going to happen. Absolutely Kids not. are going back to school, baby. Yep. Anyways, speaking of Congress, uh, Texas Republican Representative Louis Gohmert tested positive for the virus, which mm -hmm. isn't all that shocking since he has spent a lot of time at the Capitol walking around not wearing a mask. Uh, to be fair, though, he has spent a teeny tiny amount of time wearing a mask, uh, pretty much only during hearings when the reps are actually required to wear them when not speaking. And uh, Louis Gohmert seems to think that that is the reason that he got the virus. Mm -hmm. Not from not wearing a mask, but from wearing a mask. It holds the virus in. Yeah. So he told a Texas news station... There are an awful lot of people that think it's a great thing to do all the time, but I can't help but think that if I hadn't been wearing a mask so much in the last 10 days or so, I really wonder if I would have gotten it. You know, moving the mask around, getting it just right, I'm bound to have put some virus on the mask. That's most likely what happened. Jesus. Uh, also, he decided for some reason to just actually show up in person at his office to let his staffers know that he tested positive for COVID-19 <sighs> instead of, I don't know, sending an email, text, hey, I'm here. phone call, anything else. Hey, I want let meet me at my office now that I've got you all here. So I just tested positive for the virus. Um, so yeah, enjoy. Go home. Also, like learn to put on your mask. Yeah. Then you won't be futzing with it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, the other great thing uh, is the fact that I think it was Kevin McCarthy accidentally called him uh, Congressman COVID. Like, with the slip <laughs> of the tongue. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gomer. 
So, <laughs> Louis COVID. So now he's Congressman COVID forever. Uh, yeah. Louis Gohmert will probably be all right, though. But the same cannot be said for some other people who very publicly have downplayed the dangers of COVID-19. Yeah. You're probably aware of Turning Point USA, a.k.a. TP USA. Yeah, toilet Paper USA. The conservative college campus student group most associated with Charlie Kirk, who never personally attended college. <laughs> but he heard a lot of bad things about it and decided yeah. to devote his entire career to uh, college stuff. Yeah. But Charlie Kirk's co-founder was an 80-year-old guy named Bill Montgomery. And Bill got coronavirus and fucking died. Yeah. And obviously, this is very, very sad for the guy's family and his friends. But it's impossible not to feel some degree of schadenfreude uh, when you look at posts like this from TPUSA making fun of people for wanting others to wear masks. Or this Newsweek article by Charlie Kirk. Don't panic over coronavirus. That's just what the president's enemies want you to do. Well, I mean, rest in peace, Bill Montgomery. Way to own the libs. Again, no one, no one is like, no one enjoys yeah. the death of someone no, else. No, absolutely not. But it's just like for a very select few people on this earth. Yeah, definitely. People, I will. I will dance too. But it's just like, come on. Yeah. Like, come on. Use this as a as a learning lesson. And like all the like Charlie Kirk and the other TPUSA people like tweeting out their condolences and shit. And it's just like he passed away. What did, what did he die of, Charlie? Yeah. What was it? And they they deleted that uh, that meme that we just showed. Oh, you know, it that, disappeared from the timeline. And the person oh, cool. we're about to talk about next also had their team do a bit of deleting. Yeah. So similarly, businessman and former presidential candidate and Pokemon aficionado, Pokemon aficionado, meme person. Yeah. I, I like. He was athletes. he was fun to watch. Yeah, I liked him. Herman Cain. He died this week after contracting COVID nineteen. Uh, possibly at Donald Trump's rally in Tulsa, where he, of course, did not wear a mask. And gloated about it. Uh, he also tweeted in the lead-up to the rally, mask will not be mandatory for the event, which will be attended by President Trump. People are fed up. Um, so Herman Cain was 74, and um, there's there's conflicting reports on what his, his health was leading up to this, but uh, it's entirely possible that he would still be very much alive if he had not attended that Tulsa rally, or at the very least, had worn a mask. Yeah, it's like it. Listen, if you're sick or the, so, the reports I saw that is that he was fighting colon cancer. Yeah, don't. Like, wouldn't you take you extra precautions? Yeah, this is not going to bode well for you. That puts you at increased risk. Yes, uh, and like, Herman Cain was a smart and successful guy, and he didn't back down when people called him out about the Pokemon thing. He was yeah. like, okay, it's still a good quote. It's relevant. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is he should have known better. Yeah. Like, this is just such a stupid way to die. Mm -hmm. And uh, like with Bill Montgomery, I mean, this is terrible for Herman Cain's family and friends. But uh, come on. I mean, at least, like, learn something from this. Yeah, it's not as much like... I've seen even, like, my my friends talk like it's not cool to joke on people that have died. But it's like, uh, we're not joking about his death. We're like, well, this should be a learning episode for people. Uh, Also, the thing that's really fucked up is that... Apparently, I mean, we knew that he had gone into the hospital, but I didn't know how serious it was. But apparently, while he was laying in the hospital alone, away from family and friends that could have visited him in any other, like, case outside of the coronavirus, sitting alone, dying in a hospital, surrounded by nothing but nurses and doctors, his social media team was posting about how the coronavirus was a hoax while he lay dying in the hospital. And those are a bunch of the posts that got deleted. Yeah, that's, uh... That. Like, he tweeted, like, two days... He tweeted, like, yeah. two days ago about how the coronavirus was a hoax. 
I mean, that's it's not a up. hoax. I mean, my wife's grandpa just died from COVID, and he was very old and had a lot of health conditions. Yeah. And but he he 100 percent because the only place he ever went was to the uh, the uh, the kidney place to get his dialysis. Mm-hmm. So that's where he got it. There's no other. So like, but he you know had to go get dialysis. Yeah. In order to live, but he got COVID. At Herman the did not place. have to go to the rally. Yeah, exactly. And, and if he uh, and if he did really think it was that important, he could have worn a mask. But but no, it was a pride thing. It was a it was yeah. a political thing. To, uh, yeah, owning the libs, yeah. owning the libs by dying of completely preventable death. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. In uh, other coronavirus news this week. Earlier this week, President Trump announced that he would use the Defense Production Act to turn the Kodak company, which has obviously been struggling for a long time, into a pharmaceutical company that produces generic chemicals for drugs. And this is actually a pretty great move. Yeah. Respect. It's smart. However, before the announcement was made, a whole lot of insider trading went down. A Kodak stock has been hovering around 2 and $3 a share for the last year or so, and as such has a pretty low volume of trades. And in the days leading up to the announcement, there were between 50,000 and 100,000 trades per day. On Monday night, before Trump's announcement was made the next day, there were 1.6 million trades. And there is simply no other possible explanation here except that people knew ahead of time that the stock price was going to explode. And the only people that would have known were either high-level executives at Kodak or members of the Trump administration. So that's... Something to think about. Yeah, it's uh, it's just so blatant when you look you look at the trade volume on like the day before. It's just like there's no fucking way it would not have happened. There wouldn't be like twenty times the number of trades for no reason unless they knew. Hmm. And uh, this is never going to be investigated. You would hope it would, but uh, no, it won't. No. Um, They're too busy looking into Mr. Beast's whole plan about uh, boosting one stock on Wall Street bets. Mr. Beast. (laughs) Mr. Beast, come on. Uh, Anyway, lastly, no more coronavirus. Just look at this cute little electric van. Isn't it cute? Uh, It's inspired by Volkswagen bus, and it's it's designed to be modular. It offers lots of room for all sorts of different types of customization. I love it. And it's it's only going to cost just 16,000 euros when it comes out next year. Mm-hmm. Very cool, all of it. But uh, because our brains are poisoned by the internet, really only including it here because the, the name that the German uh, company, Electric Brands, chose for this vehicle is the E-Bussy. Bussy. Bussy. <laughs> the E-Bussy. The E-Bussy. Now, which is literally like, the, I, I'm sure, I haven't seen it. Because Twitter's obviously hiding it from me. Yeah. I am sure that people are putting that red B on the bussy yeah. <laughs> anytime it's talked about. Now, if, if you're unfamiliar, and we reckon the automakers at Electric Brands didn't know, but uh, bussy is a term used in the gay community <laughs> to refer to men's anus. It's, uh, uh, it's slang for boy pussy. Yeah. Bussy. So... Pretty provocative name for an otherwise uh, very sensible looking <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next, One bussy, please. Yeah. Uh, we need to change the name if we ever want to release this in the United <laughs> States. Otherwise, we're going to have a weird clientele of just like uh, uh, fucking Frank, yeah. Frank Underwood and uh, the director of X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, get in the e-bussy. Step inside my bussy. <laughs> <laughs> this bussy can fit a whole lot of dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I love how I don't. I honestly can't remember either of them. Their names right now. Kevin Spacey and uh, Brian. Brian. Uh, Brian. 
X-Men. Brian X-Men. There you go. <laughs> this is why I never go on the showdown. Or yeah, smart showdown. Yeah, go and draw on a blank. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for today's show. Be sure to watch our most recent episode right over here and then an- another episode of Weekly Weird News. Uh, thank you to all the new members today. Uh, but I'm sure that by the end of the episode, everyone's just spamming that red B. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Pussy. Pussy. <laughs>